What's going on, peeps? If you're listening to this the same week it was published, then I'm still in Bali. But I've recorded this before I went to Bali, so I knew that you'd have, you know, you get your your Thursday, your weekly fix. Uh, Today, this podcast is brought to you by Om Apparel. What? Who are they? I hear hear you cry. And it's not O-M, by the way, it's O-H-M-M-E. Yeah, how's that? This is a men's clothing brand, which uh, are very close to my heart. Quite literally, I'm wearing the t-shirt right now. And uh, they uh, provide uh, yoga clothing for men uh, that is kind to the environment by using sustainable recycled fabrics. I mean, even when you get their packaging through the post, because they send me gifts, which is very nice of them, uh, it's uh, it's all recycled paper, you know, which is so important because our impact on our environment matters. Their fabrics, all eco-certified, they make sure they're, they're, they're doing their bit for the environment. If you want to do your bit and also get yourself some garments and look good, you just go to ohmme.com forward slash hashtag TYLP to get a 15% discount off your full range of eco-active wear. Make sure you use the promo code Kevin, that's K-E-V-I-N, to get you 15% off your garments. Next, we have 108 Asana Yoga Sequencing Cards by Yoguru. These are physical cards that you can take anywhere with you, making your practice accessible at home, when you're traveling, or when you're building your class plan. They've got all the info that you need, everything from the alignment cues, the level guides, the anatomy coding, the English to Sanskrit translations as well. If you want to get yourself a pack and if you would like to give someone a lovely gift, then go to yogaru.ie, that's yoga, R-U.ie. Choose the pack first, then click checkout, and then put in the promo code Kevin for 10% off your card. So that's promo code Kevin for 10% off. Lastly, small changes. My little local whole food store. Doing great things for the environment, for the community, and, uh, and for ourselves. We've got to look after ourselves. So I would recommend you go down to Small Changes in Drumcondra here in Dublin 9. Or if you're listening after the summer 2019, then perhaps they've opened their their, off, their office, their shop in, um, in Glasnevin. Go in there. Don't bother with your plastic. You don't need it. They'll give you a cardboard box to put all your groceries into. And um, you can bring your refillable cup, get 50 cent off your juice or smoothie. If you'd like more information about them, simply go to smallchanges.ie. No promo code, no commission. Just go down there, support local, buy organic, look after yourself, look after the planet. Okay, right. Our guest today, my guest, your guest, Sarah Grogan. Sarah's been on this podcast. This is a third time on it now. I think that's a record. The only person to be on the podcast three times. So well done, Sarah. I don't know what you win exactly, but um, maybe we do some, some sort of loyalty card. Um, so Sarah Grogan is a teacher based in London, England, as opposed to London anywhere else. And she came over to Dublin here to do her workshops, Rocket, Mandala Yoga, and uh, with backbending. And uh, it's great when you have someone on the podcast a few times, repeat guests, because you get more and more comfortable with them. And um, Sarah, you know, the main thing with Sarah, to be real, is that when she first started, uh, when I first got to know her for Instagram, she was quite shy with posting Instagram stories and you could tell she was trying to get the hang of it. And now she's bossing it. She's dominating it. And that's just great to see. I, I love that, that the fact that someone can have resistance to something, get over it, and then uh, get comfortable in their own skin. Uh, she's got also got, this sounds uh, something you don't know, but a, a really lovely voice. So she's really enjoyable to listen to. Um, and uh, she's she's doing some exciting things with the Yogi Network as well, which is like a trade union for yoga. But I won't spoil the surprise. Um, yes, next up, uh, we'll have our music. This is our new format. And then there'll be Sarah. Enjoy. sound of pouring tea (laughs) yeah there's no comparison between bag tea and loose leaf tea it's true this is from wall and co i went to bread 41 this morning for breakfast have you been no best bread so good it's over by pier street bread bread cheers by the way (laughs) cheers 
Good to see you again, and thank you for having thank you. me. Thank you for coming. Um, where's Bread 41? Near Pear Street. Um, you know, it's funny, actually, when I was driving around Dublin last night with my parents, I realised how long I've been gone, because... Like, things look familiar, but I don't know Dublin that well anymore. Like, mm. things, because cha- things change. Like, there's obviously so much construction. Mm. And, like, you know, I was in UCD for what? And living around that area for, like, six years in total. And I was, like, going down roads. I was like, what's the name of this road again? Where, like, I used to live just around the corner. So it was just mm. interesting, because I guess I haven't gone for ages now. It's, like, eight and a half years. Jesus. Well, you see loads of cranes up all the time. And yeah. I actually just read an article this morning in the paper that a lot of people returning from Australia... Yeah. Um, can't afford can't afford to to come back. Yeah. Uh, do you think you'll come back? Um, I toyed with the idea recently more than I've ever toyed with the idea before. Actually, um, I think because it's I feel like Dublin is on my doorstep in a way. Like it's so easy to get home. Um, that I kind of have the best of both worlds. And because I love London, I love my life in London, and it's great that I can come home. But lately, I've felt maybe more that urge to kind of think about it, and it won't be anytime soon. But I can never rule it out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I guess where I've always struggled actually is the weather. <laughs> and I know that you might feel like London's not that much better. It is a little bit better, but it's not that much better. Oh yeah. But what I had at the start of this year was, um, 2019 has been really good to me so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I went and I did my retreat in Thailand, so I was gone for two weeks, got some you know, winter sun, and then I was back for two weeks and I went and did another training in India. And then I've been back, I think, about three weeks now. It kind of made me realize that in my life as a yoga teacher, I have the ability to do stuff like that and the freedom to do stuff like that, which means, like, because I do love living in this part of the world. And previously, especially when I was in finance, I was like, oh, my God, I'd love to just, like, go live in Asia where it's, like, sunny all the time. I've realized I don't need to do that because I get that opportunity and I can create that opportunity for me to get away Mm. when I need to, when I feel like I need some sun and do retreats and that kind of thing. I suppose the only um, thing that that the only drawback of that is that you're having to get cover for classes. Yeah, it's hard. And people, um, it's it's nice to see the same people every week, isn't it? Yeah. In your in your public classes, but as you said, that is um, when you have people to cover, or is it when you have people to cover your classes that you like and trust, that maybe have a similar style to you. Yeah. Then it it makes that transition a lot a lot smoother. Um, when I actually spoke to you last, it was like November last year, I think yeah. episode 35, and um, you were about to do your, your first retreat in... Thailand, yeah. Thailand, so how did that go? Like, it went amazingly well. Like, <laughs> I was so chuffed with how it went because I put so much time, effort, love into kind of creating it. Um, and then like the people that we had were just amazing like it sold out in the end which is obviously kind of you know ideal um, but the people who came were incredible they built amazing bonds with each other as well and it was just really beautiful to hold space so people could not necessarily because it's not about you and that's what I really realized it's about them having an amazing experience and you kind of creating that space for them mm. to do so Um so yeah everyone had, I think, had a great time and um I've kind of provisionally put out feelers for so if the date is booked for next year and I think a lot of people who came this year are going to come again next year same location yeah same location pretty much the yeah. same week next year because um, it is beautiful mm. um, and it's a great escape for the winter as well just because we didn't see rain a single time oh so. my god what, was it in Koh Samui? it was in Koh Samui yeah so now I've got a bunch more retreats coming up this summer so I've got one in June and that one's almost sold out I only have like three spots left and what's so, really nice so the Pyrenees it's in the Pyrenees yeah no big deal <laughs> and it's actually it's really nice I have a bunch of Irish people coming where is the Pyrenees? <laughs> <laughs> I know that it sounds it's, I'm going to guess all right let me just guess okay Pyrenees it sounds kind of French it is French okay <laughs> and it's in the uh, it's in the south of France, south of France. Oh, is it okay yeah. <laughs> yeah come on then uh that's all I got so to be honest with you I didn't actually know much about that area either um and that's why like I'll always go scout out a retreat venue before I before I do it there so mm-hmm. um it's gorgeous it's this one's really rural it's quite a different vibe to Thailand because Thailand was a bit more like luxury vibes where this one's more kind of rustic but place is beautiful there's like 11 acres of land we're right beside a river and the funny thing about this guy was so I called him up and I was like I love your I love your place I love the land I love everything about it but I just can't see from the pictures if there's anywhere to do yoga so he was like we spoke on the phone and he was like what about here I was like no that won't suit because it was grass or the ground was uneven or whatever so I was like, I'm really sorry I don't think it's going to work um and then 
he emailed me like a really comprehensive email about two days later and he said I was I was thinking about this um, and I'm going to build you a yoga decking so he went he asked me the dimensions of a yoga mat he asked me how many people and I was like well given your your accommodation sleeps this many people this is what you should cater for um, so he decided to invest in building a yoga decking so I went to see that like two weeks ago and it's gorgeous it's down by the river like it's kind of um shaded by trees and in the woods it's it's really wow custom, <laughs> custom built yoga decking yeah because i guess it's smart from his perspective it means he can do future retreats um yeah. and also he can host weddings there so he actually has a wedding there um a few weeks after my retreat yeah it does give you more options how did he um how did you get in touch with him so what i've done is actually found places through airbnb Ah. I'm not sure if I should say this in a recorded line, but uh, then I <laughs> <laughs> then I try and find their because usually places have their own website separately. So then I try and find the website, yeah. and then because the thing is you can't communicate properly via Airbnb, and when you're no. hosting a retreat, it's not the same as just going away for a week with your mates. So mm. you really have to think about all of the detail. Like you just can't kind of leave any stone unturned. No. So you need to have conversations with them, and you can only do that if you contact them. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I did the same. I went on to a. Um, a middleman website or middle yeah. person website and it has a list of retreat centers in Ibiza actually yeah. we're looking at ones that come going to Ibiza for a stag in, in amazing August and um I thought okay I was a research and so I found this uh hosting company that does has a list of them and then what I noticed is when you try to contact them directly they every retreat center has like a holding page mm. and it's all the same so obviously they realized that people were yeah um sometimes they give them fake names and stuff like that yeah well. exactly yeah. or they so general they just have the yeah. town name without um but i i think you you need to do that because look at what's happened for you now you've got yeah. someone who you can talk to directly yeah and you can um and he's exactly um so the pyrenees is happening in summer this summer so yeah pyrenees is in june and then i'm working with another retreats company called akasha to do one in norway in july august and i'm teaming up with a friend leo who is an acro guy um Mm -hmm. so we're doing that together and then i'm doing one in september with one of my best friends also in france but in a different place in france Mm. so having three coming up was a little bit scary but they seem to be selling well so um what's i'm doing my first one which is sold out in um september amazing congrats thank you this year so with uh, elisa lupi and i what's the biggest challenge because i'm i'm thinking about all the great stuff and yeah how fun it would be going hiking with people but what what would you say is in terms of i should be giving a heads up about it's very energy consuming like it's it's amazing and it's beautiful but it's hard work when you're there and you're like kind of running on adrenaline a little bit throughout the week because you're hosting a holiday for people Mm. and therefore they kind of want to hand over all responsibility to you all decision making to you so you get questions left right and center you have to deal with kind of any issues or anything that people have um but also you have to hold space and it can be and people also a lot of things can come up for people on retreats Mm. um you know you could make it completely asana focused and very physical or if you want to go delve deeper into more kind of the philosophical or spiritual that can be the thing that brings up things for people because you don't know what why they're there like what's their reason for being there mm. um so you have to be prepared kind of for for whatever comes up um but yeah you're on from like the second you wake up in the morning until like the last person goes to bed you yeah. know you're you're switched on so what you also have to remember is like so i think in my head beforehand i was like you know a lot of the people who came to thailand they're kind of they're becoming friends now because they come to my class so much and they're such regulars and it's like oh this is gonna be amazing we can just like hang out by the pool and there is a bit of that but at the same time you need to almost not do that too much because again it's not about you having a great time it's about them having a great time and yeah. you can give the best version of yourself only if you protect your energy for a few hours of the day the day and just take a step back and yeah. just kind of rest or nap if you need to that kind of thing that, that is such an in to me that is a fascinating dynamic how you because uh, you, you just touched on it there so, for example, um, when you're in a class and you're you're you're, you're the teacher, how how you have to have um, a, a not a barrier. That's the wrong word. Um, not a barrier. What the word I'm looking for? Board, not border. Um, maybe barrier is the right word. Basically, that that yeah. to say like um, I um, 
not going to tell you about the sh- stuff that's not going well for me today. Yeah. I'm going to listen to you speak yeah. and uh, I, I'm going to be friendly. I'm going to, I like you as a person, let's say the person on your retreat or your, in your class, but um, I can't, um, I shouldn't be confiding in you because yeah. I'm supposed to be here to, to serve you, yeah. essentially. Yeah. I mean, service, it, it really is that word of service, isn't it? And I'm interested because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be teaching on the teacher training in Yoga Hub in September as well. Again, and, congratulations. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot. And um, I've been in touch with a couple of people who have booked on on that. And when I see them now, I'm like, do I give them a hug? I, um, yeah. Am I still like, uh, how pally am I with them? Because there may be times where you have to say, okay, guys, look, be quiet. This is what we're doing now. And it's, it's something just to be aware of. I think that... Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how to like navigate that. I think there's no right or wrong. Because yeah. um, some of my students, like, they're still my students, I guess, but they're kind of just become friends. Mm. And like, I've kind of, I've done, I guess, across that barrier where I do give them a hug when I see them. And then some of them are even starting to hang out socially because like, they're the same age as me. We have similar yeah. interests. And I think that's okay. It's just, you. Just, but the, I still, like, you still have to protect your energy. Mm. And so I guess it kind of is a case by case basis it's difficult it's funny you say about hanging out as well because i have had people contact me who goes to my class say do you want to go for a coffee yeah. i'd like to talk to you like to talk to you just and i've been reluctant i've asked my girlfriend what does she think especially when it's a woman yeah you know um a woman wants to go for coffee with me yeah yeah, yeah. It's, bit, it's it's trickier for guys I it's, tr- it's yeah. trickier so i i say i think to myself right if it was a guy would i go yes i would yeah so i i should go it doesn't matter what what, yeah. gen, what gender they are and um i found that i can um be myself and in fact yeah. these are like they are your friends yeah in the, when you're in that environment yeah but then when you're in the classroom in the retreat whatever then you're on so it's quite it's funny actually mode. the girls laughed a little bit because um i think because they feel like we're friends now sometimes they can be a bit chatty in class and <laughs> but, you know, it's and it's a bit like a student-teacher relationship but i've no problem being like literally like, and then they kind of they find it funny and they don't mind and we've actually discussed it how they understand that i have to be almost strict in that environment because it's not fair on everybody else if they kind of are chatting or, or laughing or doing their thing or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. but again, it's just communication, isn't it? They don't mm-hmm. mind and they understand it. But what I think is ultimately everyone is looking for is community. So like, mm. and if you do try and breed community and create community amongst your classes, amongst your students, people will cross that line from being just student into friend. So I started a thing at the start of the year, a Saturday brunch club. So I teach a 90 minute rocket class every Saturday morning at 10.30. Mm. And at the end of class, I kind of just say to everybody, you know, if you're around, if you're free, come with us. Just There's an amazing place just across the street. And I have a weekly booking there for 12.15. Yeah. And like the first week I did it of a 24 person class, we had 18 people come to brunch. Wow. Yeah. And like, it's never been less than kind of 12 or 13 people, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, it's really, really nice just to see that grow and new faces kind of come and yeah. people just want to get to know each other. And I found that... Um, Retreats are an amazing way of building community, but not everybody can afford or has the time to go and retreat. So then this is another way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and what I found is kind of going back to what you said at the start about like getting classes covered. That was something I was really anxious about when I started teaching, but actually over time, and it's still something I'm very aware of, I don't want to do it too much. But I feel like as long as you are building kind of continuity and community, it's okay if you do disappear for two weeks. They know that you're coming back. And it's mm. just, again, like it, you know, it's up on my Instagram. I post my schedule every week. They, mm. I let them know that I'm going. Um, and yeah, as long as it's hopefully someone who kind of teaches in a similar way to you who's covering, then it tends to be, it tends to be okay. Yeah, as you said, continuity is the key, yeah. isn't it? So it's not just in person where you're communicating. You are communicating through Instagram, through this podcast, for example. For sure. I mean... So I, I had an interview, I was interviewed recently by um, Heliosphere Project. They mm-hmm. are, uh, they're started by, they're in, they're basically this project, it doesn't really matter what they're doing, but <laughs> uh, it's to do with like social media in Trinity College and okay. artificial intelligence and the ones that asked me about my social media and stuff and, and how I build community in social media. And I was listening back to the video and I actually said these words, I said, I have no friends. I said that, right? And then as soon as I said that, my, my sister said to me, um, why did you say that? Why, why did you say you'd have no friends? And it's because 
I'm kind, we kind of have to define what a friend is first. Yeah. So I, I don't know, maybe you, you can relate to this, but as you get older, you, 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 you don't know as many people in your immediate circle. So when you grow up, you have, in school, you've got your little gang. Yeah. <laughs> Same with university, at work, you've got your guys, girls you sit next to, you go for lunch and coffee with. And then when you become a yoga teacher, you're pretty much on your own. Yeah. But the strange thing is that my mates, so when I go on this stag do yeah. <laughs> to Ibiza, last time I was in Ibiza, I mean, I was like the party animal. Yeah. I, was, I was the one leading that party train and uh, stayed up for like three days in a row and just yeah. like went to all the, the big clubs. And now I don't drink. Yeah. Uh, I don't do any drugs. I um, don't, I'm not into football. Yeah. So I, although I know, I've known these people for 20 years of my life, I have less and less in common with them because my life has changed so much. Yeah. But Sarah, I have a thousand people listen to this podcast every week. Yeah. So, it's, it's such an interesting I, dynamic, isn't it? And I, and I, uh, how I'm talking to you now, yeah. I, I'm not filtered at, at all. Everything I'm saying is like what I would say uh, as if no one was listening. Yeah, of course. So if you can picture a thousand people sitting here, <laughs> listening to the, what we're saying. Yeah. So a thousand people every week know me quite intimately. Um, so are they, are they my friends? Like it's, it's, yeah, it's uh, strange, isn't it? It's so weird. And sometimes like you just see numbers and then you like, you kind of almost, you're like, oh my God, there is like, there's like, like behind every number that you see on the screen, like there's a person yeah. um, getting to know you and feeling like they know you. Yeah. And it is interesting. Um, <laughs> but I hear you in terms of like, you know, friendships changing and as you become a yoga teacher, because I think your priorities change. And mm. when you do have less things in common, like yeah, my friendship group has completely changed. But also as well, because when you get into a relationship, yeah. you spend so much time with each other that you don't, uh, you, yeah, just gonna use your friends. Yeah. <laughs> don't use your friends See as much. As much yeah. yeah, exactly. How, speaking of um, the other half, where, where, how come he's not here? Um, he decided not to come this time. Okay, all right, fair enough. And um, when your and your rocket workshop is practically sold out. Yeah, like, which is yeah. really exciting. Yeah, because um, it's an anniversary of a year. Um, of course, of yeah, becoming. Yeah. So I came the, for the first time April last year, and that was actually the day before I finished my full time job in finance. I what? had to go in, on, so it was here on the Sunday. I had to go in on the Monday, so it's been a year of teaching, kind of not full time, but like almost full time. Right. Um. So I went full time for a while, and I do two days a week in a fintech company. Um. Yeah. So that's. I'm not sure if we spoke about this. No, we didn't. <laughs> so um. Basically, what happened was I obviously quit my job. Did like nine months notice period, which was intense and awful finished on on the 30th of April last year so the day after I was here and um did full-time yoga teaching in London for like a month then headed off to Thailand did my 300 hours with Bryce and yoga beyond yeah that was kind of perfectly timed just because I knew I'd need to get away and just like chill out after the nine months notice period um and then came back and was teaching full-time for a couple of months but was approached by my old boss who had set up this startup in a, in a kind of fintech, so financial technology, but it's kind of related to what I used to do. And he was like, we need someone two days a week. Um, you'd be perfect for the role. I know you don't want to do anything five days a week because you want to be focused on yoga, but I just thought maybe like financially this might make sense for you and I think you'd be really good at it. So mm. it wasn't a no-brainer for me because I was like, oh God, I haven't done this, like haven't done full-time yoga teaching for long enough, but then I was like, okay, just see how it goes and you, like, you don't have to stick with it. So... Um, I started that I think it was like October last year mm -hmm. and initially it was just kind of content writing so I just write a newsletter and I can choose my hours so it's amazing like I email them on a Sunday I'm like you're going to see me you know these hours these hours I'm going to work from home these hours so I can work remotely if I need to because what my old boss said he was like you can do this from Thailand you can do this from India I don't care but he's mm -hmm. like I think you'd be good at it so um, started doing that and like you know, some weeks it's amazing. Some weeks I'm like, oh, I just want to be doing yoga full time. But what I found over time, over kind of doing it for the past few months, is it kind of, it does help a lot financially. But mm. also it's nice to have a bit of a balance as well. Um, mm. But financially more so than anything. Because what I realized is to, to be a full time yoga teacher in London, um, especially at the beginning, like you have to teach over 20 classes a week to mm. kind of make it work. And that for me just was too much it's yeah. too energy consuming yeah. um and actually just through the whole process of you know doing teaching full-time and now teaching kind of part-time 
and I still teach a lot so I teach like nine ten classes a week and I keep talking about reducing that but I just love it so much so I don't um and I might go down to about seven at some point but for now I'm kind of happy with my kind of nine ten plus my kind of like 16 hours a week in the fintech mm-hmm. but they're flexible so it's nice um but what it has inspired me to do and actually a project that I'm working on on this side is to create kind of a network or association for yoga teachers so me and my friend Rachel who's also a yoga teacher um, she's also actually ex um, kind of city as well we have created this thing called the yogi network and it's still really already doors we just kind of launched the Instagram last week and we're in the process of building the platform and kind of getting it going so hopefully you'll hear more about it soon um, but we want we want to basically empower people because what I've really noticed is people aren't afraid to negotiate like yoga teachers so they feel blessed and they feel lucky if a studio gives them a class to the point that they won't say hang on a second that rate isn't very good you know some studios are only like paying 20 25 quid a class and Mm -hmm. like it's just not enough to really live Mm -hmm. so what we've done is we sent out a survey to a bunch of our friends who are yoga teachers i might send it to you actually and ask you to fill it in Um, and we're just asking people about like what's the minimum you get paid what's the maximum you get paid in terms of base rates at studios how many corporates are you teaching a week you know what average do you charge for your corporates what average do you charge for your privates um you do you have a second income and that's a really interesting point because 85 percent of the people who filled in the survey have a second income which means they don't feel like that they can live off just being a yoga teacher maybe some of that's choice maybe yoga is the part-time job for Mm. some of them but it's just kind of i think it demonstrates how yoga career actually isn't that sustainable um and there's an amazing article written by a guy called norman blair in um, London who's been teaching for 18 years and it's just so well written and he talks about the fact that when one of the studios he teaches at and this is a prominent studio I'm not going to mention it but he, he actually mentions them and the base was 30 pounds I think you know, 18 years ago and it's still the same today mm. like there's been no wage inflation well yet yeah, price prices have gone up the price of milk has gone up everything mm-hmm. else has so and uh, you know some studios are amazing some studios do pay well they pay fairly but I think some do kind of take advantage of the fact that you know we love what we do we're so passionate what we do but also the fact that there's such a supply of yoga teachers out there that there's this fear amongst yoga teachers that if they don't say yes without negotiating that somebody else will get the job instead so so is the yogi network like a, a trade union so we want it to go down that route yeah mm. so non-profit empowerment tool but also um what we hope to do and intend to do is like deliver content so that's our aim so and that's what we're in the process at the moment is that content creation stage where we give people tips and advice on how to diversify your business how to think about retreats how to set them up you know give people templates and like here's an excel document in terms of how to think about pricing how to think about your cost base um think things around like you know tax returns all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um so i'm really excited about it because i was listening to a great podcast recently um where jay shetty was talking about like you know passion versus purpose yoga is 100 my passion but i feel like this is my purpose and it's taking mm-hmm. my passion which is yoga but my background in business and finance combining the two and hopefully giving it a tool to help people and yeah. that's ultimately what i really want to do is just make this a more sustainable industry because it's like how do you you know we don't get paid pensions we don't get paid healthcare because we're all independent contractors we don't get paid for the 15 minutes early that we have to be there or the half an hour that you stay after because your students want to talk to you and what happens if you're sick all of these things you know what happens in 20 years time when maybe your body's a bit tired and i think we haven't seen you know a full generation necessarily you know of yoga teachers kind of come through mm-hmm. so we don't know what it looks like when mm-hmm. we're all 65 so it's and it's just about telling people and making people aware that you have to think about these things like mm-hmm. it's not okay to be 40 and not have a pension you know what i mean yeah it's so true i i think i mean just what you touched on earlier about going from full-time to part-time i mean i know people that are really experienced and they just teach retreats for yeah. example, they d- they don't really teach public classes, or yeah. they'll do just retreats and just privates, for, exa- yeah. for example. And you, probably um, pro rata, you get paid way more than you would in a public class. Yeah. But I think more than anything, it's about um, autonomy, having control, and, yeah. and understanding that when you're in uh, teaching for a studio, depending, I mean, hopefully they have the best intentions and you have a good relationship, and that's great. But there's for every good studio there's going to be ones yeah. that don't give you a contract or they um, are trying to 
basically lowball you because they know they have more teachers coming through yeah. and there's a high turnover. And I think the more independent you are, because when you do a retreat, um, as you did earlier this year, you didn't you did it all on your own. Yeah. You weren't going through another uh, uh, a third party. And you... And if you're doing private, it's all on your own. Yeah. And that is that is the importance yeah. of, of building a, that's the community. Yeah, so building community, building your own brand, but knowing that you are able to do these things yourself. So a lot of people would be almost maybe afraid of doing a retreat themselves because they aren't used to using Excel. They're not used to kind of like event planning. But what we want to do is hopefully kind of educate people that this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Do it yourself. Don't be afraid of doing it yourself. Yeah. Um, and obviously at the beginning, you know, sometimes you know, maybe your first one, you might break even. The next one, you might become profitable. But, but mm-hmm. it's giving people the tools to build their business themselves without mm-hmm. relying on third parties. But also, I think, you know, I don't want to go against studios. I'm, like, we're not at loggerheads with, and like, there are many good studios. But I think it's when there's an industry rate, the studios are like, okay, we're just going to pay the industry rate. Mm-hmm. It's up to us as yoga teachers to make that industry rate grow mm-hmm. by just asking for more, but also working together to ask for more so you know when the platform is up and running we're going to ask teachers to make a promise that and it's it, we can't obviously always enforce it but you know to be part of this platform you need to not work for 20 quid an hour that's not mm-hmm. enough to mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. because you can't work eight hours a day you can't teach eight hours a day mm-hmm. it's not like a normal job where you can kind mm-hmm. of sit there mm-hmm. so you know it's just we need to be able to kind of sustain ourselves from our career right and this is and you know as much as it's a passion and it's, it is a vocation it's still a career mm-hmm. and it's okay for, to say that and it's okay to ask for more money. It's not you being greedy. It's you just appreciating that like you need to live. But it, it's, it's, the, it's the first step is to put the concept and the philosophy in people's heads or, or to let them know that this is how you could approach it. But the second step is ha- having the skill to do it. Yeah. Like crafting an email that you're sending to a retreat center. Yeah. What do you say? What uh, do you... Um, is it in a certain format that will entice them to apply? Are you using leverage to negotiate? All of these things that pe- people don't really consider. And yeah. the, maybe it's because they haven't done any business studies. And you, yeah. you hear people say like, because um, I did business in um, sixth form, and um, oh, business studies is very, <laughs> is very general. But life is business. I yeah. mean, a, 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 um, relationships are interactions. And in business, those interactions are a give and take. Yeah. And that give and take is always going to be someone who benefits slightly more than the other. Or to know every time you're talking to someone, yeah. um, what is what could you do together? How could you collaborate? How could you um, produce something of value? Instead of just, oh, I, you know, going from class to class, and without thinking, how can I maximize what I'm offering? Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you said you're going to create content, what would that look like? For so it will be um, like we'll start. We're going to start with like a newsletter, and it's going to be like a freemium product, and it will eventually be a subscription because we basically need a subscription just to kind of keep the platform up yeah. and running. Um, but it will be like here's why you need to have a pension. Here's you know how to set one up, how to think about it, how to. Yeah, so it will be kind of tools and steps. Some things will be um, like templates, a letter on how to negotiate with a studio, um, an Excel document on how to build your retreats, that kind of thing. Mm. So it will be through kind of different social media platforms as well. So we're going to have an Instagram. We'll do the newsletter. um, And it will all then come up on the platform. Mm -hmm. And eventually maybe even do like podcasts. Because what we want to do is do interviews with your experienced yoga teachers who've been around for a while and maybe even have like a mentorship program through the platform. So Mm. we have loads of big ideas. But at the moment, it's just kind of getting it up and running getting it off the ground so the, business, so the website's kind of currently being being built and then mm. we want to do events as well so mm. um bring people together so it's all about community bringing yoga teachers together mm-hmm. and thinking and kind of creating collaboration rather than competition because you mm. hear people say that all the time yoga com- um, community is so competitive yes there's a lot of yoga teachers but there's also a lot of studios and i mm-hmm. do believe that if you collaborate rather than compete with each other then you can actually create mm-hmm rather than kind of always going at loggerheads and then it becomes stressful and then it's actually not that fun yeah i i've actually um um i uh, this this whole concept this whole trade union is fascinating because i i was chatting to a chap called lucas rockwood who he has a podcast called the yoga talk show uh it was one of the first kind of yoga podcasts that that there ever was and so he he's from the states 
but he has a studio in Barcelona mm. and he has actually introduced a a salary for his teachers yeah. and they get holidays, sick pay, the whole lot and he has found that it's um, made them feel more secure Agreed. so they have more um, loyalty yeah. to him. Um, but I don't know of any arts that, that actually does that. I think there's a place in Edinburgh who does it. Really? Um, yeah, because one of the guys who's in my teacher training, he is part of that studio and I think he loves it. But people want career progression. Like people, you mm. know, it's like if you're in a normal company, you do a year with a the company, then you might get a bit of, you'll get a bit of a pay rise, a bit of a promotion. And actually, you know, some people, I think, love the freedom of being an independent contractor. But I think a lot of people do crave that kind of, and you get the community you get by being with kind of one place as well. And mm. um, and it's also the benefits yeah. are nice. Yeah, to know that you have your healthcare being paid and you have your holiday pay. I mean, that's what keeps you in companies generally. Yeah. I mean, there is a reason why Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, they feed their staff. Yeah. They, 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 all food is there on, on, on like uh, as much you want to yeah. eat, whenever you want to eat. Because what is the most um, nurturing thing you can do for someone is to feed them. Like yeah. your mother would feed you growing up. And therefore, they develop this love for the company. That Because um, I used to play football with loads of Googlers. And uh, they would come to training with their Google T-shirts on. Like you're wearing your Google T-shirt to football, not even a football jersey, but yeah. you wear a Google T-shirt over your football jersey. Um, and it's because they, and the, <laughs> I'd say to them, what do you love about Google? The food, that's the first thing they'd say. <laughs> really? yeah. yeah, because, um, but it, they- It nourishes them. It nourishes yeah. them, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they have seen their, I mean, they're the biggest company in the world for a reason, or definitely most influential, um, because they're able to keep their, their staff. And I don't know what it's like to own a yoga studio. I have no clue. I, I I'm try, um, you know, I'm interested to speak to more studio owners because that's always an option. But I wonder, from the studio side, what it's like in terms of staff retention. Yeah. Um, I know that I think people go to classes often because of the actual teacher, yeah. um, not necessarily because of the class. Um, so what, what's the next step then for the, the Yogi Network? Yeah. What's the next step for you then? The next step is just um, to kind of get the platform up and running, to launch it, uh, to get the newsletter out, and then just to kind of start creating weekly content, and hopefully then it will spread through kind of word of mouth. Um, yeah. Because ultimately we want to be a tool um, for the for the community and it doesn't necessarily just need to be UK we're obviously starting in London because that's where we're based but mm -hmm. Rachel's actually from the US and um, we want it to be international yeah, yeah. so take it even things like Yoga Alliance I was, I was trying to there's a big debate about that right now because what they charge for what they do okay. is um, is a lot like especially in the UK I think it's around 100 it's over 100 pounds in the UK I think the US is kind of more like 60, 70 but they actually did a survey recently um and their conclusion was yoga teaching is not sustainable. People don't have enough students in classes. Um, and I think they're going to go down one route of trying to help people get students. But it's not it's not kind of what we're doing. What we're doing is different. We want to be like a business tool, but also an empowering tool. And we want to effectively be like a version of a union, bring people together to actually get what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Yoga Alliance, because I'm registering my hours because of teacher training, course, you've yeah. got to register your hours. And then I registered, I asked Adam Hazel about it and he was saying, you know, that um, you're better off to do it with the US as opposed to the UK. Yeah. So I, I registered with the US, <laughs> my hours, and then the studio that uh, I did my training in said that they're registered with the UK. So now I've got to switch it over oh, and pa annoying. pay twice, yeah. basically. Um, but the process is, is so is so long and I... I kind of think like, what do you actually provide? <laughs> is it um, is it like insurance or something? What no, the, what what do you get for? It meant to be like an accrediting body, but it's not as if anybody from the alliance has come in and checked out. Yeah, our classes, and I think to get a teacher training on there as well, I think there are hurdles. You have to provide your materials and stuff, but I don't know if anyone comes and checks it, which is in theory what. You know, it's like in school, you'd have an inspector who comes in yeah. every so often. I'm not too sure if that happens. <laughs> and then as a member, I think the only reason why you really need it is if you do eventually want to teach teachers. So mm -hmm. I actually made a decision not to sign up to the Alliance because no studio asked for it. So I have my certification. I've done my certification with schools who are with the Alliance, but I've never been a member. And mm -hmm. if I ever do want to teach teachers, then I'll probably have to go through that long process of signing up all my hours. But mm -hmm. we'll, I'll deal with that when it comes but I don't see what I get for that money. So therefore I've made the decision that I don't need it and it's never 
held me back in any way. Mm. Yeah, I, w- I was the exact same. I didn't, but it's just because I have to now. Yeah. And um, and that's starting in September, so I don't know how long it's going to take. But um, it's uh, it's something that is, um, yeah, it, it has to be done. But these things, there's so much to think of that you don't probably oh real- yeah. realize. So it's, it's like starting a company. It's like a startup. It so is. like there's so many things coming at us, you know, but mm. it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. So my only thing at the moment is just like, there's not enough time in a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now at this fintech company, I didn't yeah. ask you, I asked you, but what are you, what are you doing for them then? So I do a kind of combination of two things. One is I kind of help write content for their, the newsletter, but that's kind of being fizzled out because they're hiring somebody else to do that. And then the other thing is I am in charge of kind of marketing and user growth. Mm. So it, weirdly, I've taken the skills I've learned since coming into yoga and now bringing them there. So we, um, I'm in the process at the moment of creating videos, um, which are tutorials on how to use the platform. Um, like screen flow type things. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm going to actually have to be on screen for that, which I would never have done except now I'm used to talking into my phone yeah. because of Instagram. So that's it's funny how that's kind of helped. Mm-hmm. And um, also just client meetings. So a lot of my old client base are the users of this platform. So it's kind of just basically going back out and meeting them again and saying hi. And um, it, I guess in a way it is selling, but it's a free platform for them to use. So it doesn't feel like selling in the way I used to sell when I was in the city yeah. where there's like big amounts of money involved and it was much more transactional. Now it's more like this is a product. Here's why it's really helpful for people what you do what you do. Um, it's free for you to use. So it's it's actually quite nice to meet these people in a very different capacity to what I used to because I used to be the person servicing them. I'm not really servicing them anymore. I'm just kind of informing them about this product. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, I've done that as well with using ScreenFlow. You, uh, for, I worked for an AI company, so I would do like a product demonstration mm. and show you like how to click through for yeah. uh, using the product and I, there would be a little box in the corner which had my face on it like me doing a video so it's probably similar to that yeah. is it and and the the thing about that is that um although the words people don't like to use the word selling selling is like really important i mean you're demonstrating something there the same way you demonstrate a pose you know yeah. you're taking people through things in it in in a clear way and what you've said about like teaching uh, or sorry working two days a week it's funny because I've been so adamant that I am never going to go back to office jobs. I'm going to yeah. do this 100%. I've never actually thought, could I go back and do one, two days a week in something else? And um, why would that be a bad thing? Maybe yeah. it'd be a good thing because if you are working, I think the days of doing one job for the rest of 40 years, they're gone, they're yeah. gone they're completely gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the key in in the modern world now is to be versatile, mm-hmm. is to know how to do everything, as you said, yeah. you know, to know how to do your accounts, to do your marketing, to do your, um, I don't because, know. Because with technology, you can be really self-sufficient. Like, mm. I made flyers recently for my... You uh, made flowers? Flyers. Oh, flowers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, flyers, yeah, sorry. For my retreat, which I... Never thought I'd do because I'm not a graphic designer, but there's a great website called Canva and it mm. turns out you can use that really easily. So there's so much you can do yourself. It's just about actually putting some time into it and finding the tools that allow you to do it. Yeah. But I do actually like the balance. And as you say, some weeks I'm like so into yoga that I'm like, oh God, I, sh- I wish I didn't have to do that this week. But um, m- m- like majority of the time I'm happy with the with the balance. Yeah. yeah. And did you, your website is very nice, by the way. Did you, you. Did you do that? I did that myself, yeah. There you go. I mean, yeah. Squarespace. Squarespace is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. And it may, I, I looked at your website, I was like, ooh, it's one of those, what, what do you call that? Like a scrolly? It's like a, it kind of, when you scroll, the What's that? What's that? It looks really nice, though. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it's called, but it makes such a difference because I know you don't know. You listen. You don't need a website. Don't get me wrong, but if you want to take payments, if you want um, to do newsletter, yeah, you you got to have a website. But it's amazing how um, I get emails through my website now for privates. It really accelerated, literally only in the past like month where people I don't even know or maybe they've come to my classes but they haven't kind of made themselves aware to me but then they message me and you can see because it comes through my through Squarespace and mm-hmm. you can see that it's come from my from my website yeah. and they've gone into like a yeah contact yeah. now um so it, it is powerful because some people aren't on Instagram mm-hmm. and they're never going to be on Instagram yeah um so you have a couple who are in their kind of late mid to late 40s who want to try and do a bit of yoga and they've come through to me via my website so it is important I think to have every channel plus as well 
right, the 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 content or um, yeah, the communication style has to match the medium. So, for example, you wouldn't sign language on a phone on a phone call. Uh, you would do that if you could <laughs> on a Skype call. Um, the same way is that if you're you, you do a lot of writing, a lot of long form content. That is suitable for a website. It's not suitable oh, for Instagram. No way, yeah. I, I, I don't understand why people do like stories and just loads of this tiny little writing. Am I supposed to hold my thumb down and, and wait and ache? My, my thumb starts yeah. aching reading this tiny little writing. Put that in a blog and yeah. put it on your website. Yeah, because people actually don't have attention span with stories. That's why they're on stories. It's because <laughs> they're flicking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've only got 15 it's seconds. Like, it's like the new age flicking the channels. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and it, that's fine. I, I think all mediums are, are, are value, but to use the medium correctly. Yeah. Um, like, for example, with me and you are speaking now. The person listening to this is probably doing the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe they're in the bath. I don't know. Um, they might be driving their car, but they're sure as hell not just sitting here, just sitting in a corner listening to a podcast. No one really d- does no. that. So I understand that I don't ha- like... Um, you know, my, my stuff doesn't have to be all like very, uh, like full of knowledge bombs. It's just like a chat. It's something yeah. you listen to. A podcast is like something you listen to in the background. Yeah, you almost don't want it to be too dense because then the person's like, oh God, I have to rewind it again. I feel like <laughs> yeah, no fear of me dropping too much knowledge anyway. <laughs> but um, but with, with websites, um, yeah, Squarespace, you have Wix as well. Mm. And for um, what I've decided to do is, say if I have a workshop in obviously in a studio I will put the event on my website and then I'll allow the person to contact me and ask any questions that they have because sometimes the mind body app can be tricky to use yeah. especially if you're doing it on desktop it asks you to log in again so I I say to the people you can look at the event on my website or it's yeah. available on mind body but you can contact me if you need to yes. and and therefore because with, with works like handstands people will yeah. me- email me saying hi i want to come to your workshop but i can't handstand i'm like great yeah you don't need to handstand yeah and then i've made contact and once i've i had contact with them asked any questions answer any questions they have then they're like okay now i can go on mind body i've spoken to the guy yeah but so i've never actually used mind body um, dun, dun, dun. I know. What do you mean? Um, well, so like the studios I'm at, I've probably have like some of them use Mind Body, some of them don't. Like another space doesn't use Mind Body. Um, Cycle doesn't use Mind Body. Utopia does use Mind Body. Because um, some studios in the UK have just taken the decision we're not using it because we don't want to pay any of our margin away. We want people to come onto our platform. So. So they make bookings on the actual Cycle yeah, website. Yeah, so Cycle has their own website and um, another space have their own booking platforms on their website. And mm. then when I have chosen to rent spaces in the past, I've only marketed it through Instagram and then people book and send me money into my account and that's the way we've I've done it. Just to kind of avoid yeah. the admin. MindBody is a great tool. <laughs> <laughs> I've just chosen not to go down that route because I've heard it. it's... Like, I, I know when my friends owns a studio and they've had to get like specialists mind body specialists to come in and teach them how to use it properly so no, it, I think it, it can be complex it's temperamental it, yeah. it's, when it works well it works really well but sometimes uh, on the desktop version like I said it's uh, and the, the thing is right, what, what we you have to understand and I learned this from working in technology companies is when someone has an has a moment of I want I want this I want the workshop I want the retreat yeah. the more clicks it takes oh God, yeah. for them to get what they want the less likely they are to go through with it my friend said something start like you lose 10% of people every click or something <laughs> I don't I, know if that's true but, I, yeah. I'd believe that I mean yeah. look at look at Amazon they have a buy now button mm. so you, and I'm I'm, I'm where I, the way we think is changing we we think far quicker um or the downside is we can't concentrate as well mm. but um but if I look at my phone, I say, like, I bought a fan the other day um, because it's going to get hot in the summer. I went, I clicked on fan, and then I was like, the buy now button. And then when the buy now button wasn't there, or I had to add it to my basket, and I was like, oh, this is bullshit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just do two clicks. Yeah. I've got so used to, like, just two clicks. Um, that. But, but the thing is, it's the experience there. Like, if, if someone is coming on my website, I want them to know that I've painstakingly got gone put myself in their shoes yeah and i've understood that they see my workshop and i want to make it as easy for them as possible yeah. with no stress can i get the information i need or book if i need to and um that what you would call user experience yeah, in, in the tech world is um 
is the experience they have of you uh, as yeah. a to show that you've you've uh, considered their yeah. their experience. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know if my UX is the best because I it basically to book a retreat. UX means you're experienced. Yeah. By the way, guys, <laughs> you're getting real technical now. Because um, to book my retreat, like you press the book now, but you basically email me, and then we I start up a conversation because invariably people when it comes to retreats, people have questions oh, and yeah. stuff, and I do it all account based, so I don't use a payments company not yet. If my retreats grow and it. I do multiple a year and maybe even facilitate retreats for others, then that would probably change. But for now, it's very, it's just account to account rather yeah. than a payments M- company. Much better because a heads up to the yoga teachers out there. It, 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 when, when, just because you can do something that's kind of fancy or sophisticated doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you should. should. Yeah. Yes. So, for example, this podcast even. Yeah. I, I've had, I have it all like, you know, I have the intro, the little yeah. snippet, and it's all quite com- com- complex. And um, and uh, I have decided that I'm going to simplify it, even yeah. though I have that I've learned how to do it in a really fancy way, basically copying the Rich Roll podcast, yeah. <laughs> their format. I'm going to simplify it and just have like my three sponsors, in, little intro of the guest, music, podcast, so, yeah. not all this other stuff. And um, the same way with taking payments, PayPal charge like two percent um stripe all these different things stripe or even more because that's what we're looking into for the yogi network and Mm. yeah accepting payments is expensive do account to account yeah people don't mind it you just you might have to like reassure them that you're not going to run away because i had that so people are like there was two people who came to thailand and we didn't know them they're like how can i trust to give (laughs) you my money i'm like well if i stole your money that like i would be destroyed so i'm not going to do that yeah and yeah. you can find me i'm <laughs> exactly you can yeah. find me yeah. <laughs> um but also as you as you said there um it's the what people are buying if i'm buying a plastic fan from oh shit plastic so i know it's not sustainable <laughs> but if i'm buying um a wooden fan from uh, from uh, amazon it's it's a product it's whatever yeah. i don't need, i don't have any questions is it, is it rated high uh, a retreat is different people yeah. it's more emotionally involved they want yeah. to ask questions so that's different um i'm conscious that uh, we're kind of running short on time okay. and i'll take you to yoga hub um you've got your rocket workshop yeah yeah and, uh, and then back bends and then back bends yeah. and then tomorrow uh, it's just two today so i'm actually flying back to london tonight so it's sunday oh. yeah sunday's my busiest day in london and i don't like being gone too oh, yeah. often so i teach three classes on a sunday so mm. um i'm just here for a flying visit which is nice but yeah it's nice because i'm doing rocket um first and then i'm doing back bends but what i'm doing with the back bends is i'm combining mandala which is a training that i just did in mm. india and do you know what mandala it's mandala is where you go 360 degrees yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the training that I did was with the yoga people. And what they do is they combine like a mandala type flow with the elements. So air is back bends. So we're going to do an air mandala to warm people up mm. and get their back kind of open and strong and stuff before we kind of do more of a workshoppy kind of stuff for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the even the novelty of that because the people at the front of the class are then suddenly at the back of the class. <laughs> it's like, it does. Uh, and it messes with people's perspectives a little yeah. bit. And the fact that it's not linear as well and it's one breath, one movement yeah. means that like you've no room for the mind to wander and it's very breath focused. So it makes it forces people to be present, but to be present in their breath as well as the movement. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about India, but go about we no, got no, we got. We've only a few minutes to do it. You sure, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, we'll get, we'll get it's 20 minutes to get there. So um, what was Goa like? I've been to Goa. Yeah. But go on. Goa is a really special place for me. It was where I did my 200 hour, or I did half of my 200 hour there. And then I went back to do another 100 hours. So, and actually I've been there three times. It's also where I did like one of my first ever yoga retreats. Um, it's a beautiful place. It's really... It's paradise. It's paradise, yeah. But it's it still is. like, it hasn't been, comp- or at least what I've gone, it hasn't been really built up. Mm. Beaches are gorgeous. Um, but the people who came to India were incredible. So mandala can often be seen as a bit of a feminine type practice because it's quite flowy. It's a bit dance-like. Um, there so, was like, I don't think there was one man at your thing, was there? Well, there was one guy. And he, one guy? And he lasted a day. And oh, no. <laughs> he had an my, my, well, Let me just shout out to my fallen brother. <laughs> Gone, but not forgotten. <laughs> um, <laughs> why, think, why did he go? Well, so he said he had an injury or something because he had been traveling for quite some time and I think he got an infection or something. So he was, he kind of just disappeared and we all were like, where did he go? Um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, so it was 39 women and... Jesus. Which is a lot. <laughs> but it was a really beautiful experience. I've made lifelong friends because sometimes you put that many women together and it can be, it can be bitchy, but yeah. it wasn't at all. Everyone I mean, was so supportive. <laughs> 
and it yeah and loads of them are London based as well so it's quite nice to have made a lot of new friends who are in the yoga world who live like you know 10-15 minutes away yeah and um, but it was really I found quite a healing process for me as well and mm. um, because through the transition from finance into yoga I did lose friends that I never thought I'd lose just people who I thought would be there for me and then weren't so I kind of and girls as I say can be a bit Mm. bitchy sometimes so spending that much time with women in such close quarters and just coming away feeling so supported so nourished um yeah it was really it was really really good for me but that is that is um i okay it's i don't know how true it is but that women are quite competitive with each other whereas men are more supportive i don't know if that's a social construct or if that's more a kind of um a, like a genetic thing or whatever uh, but but I do know that men um, uh, have typically speaking football teams mm. more like team activities and women don't have that option as much mm. so um I think it that 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 sounds fantastic that, it was um, really wonderful actually yeah. um and it was a big group and I think it was the biggest group that the yoga people have ever taught so they were a little bit nervous going into it and then they actually also, they sent us an email after to say how special the group was actually and the energy that we created yeah. like was something that, that they hadn't seen before so yeah. um I think we were really lucky to be part of something so beautiful because yeah. it's a really intense course as well you get up and you do so the way mandala works is you start with the in to prepare the body for what you're about to do and you end with the in so it's a two-hour yoga practice with probably kind of 90 minutes of like dynamic and then we did shamanism was a big part of the course as well so we had breakfast for an hour then we went back in and we did some we did mandala theory but then we would do an hour of shamanic dancing mm -hmm. so that was like a hit class it was so intense mm -hmm. we were like jumping around the place then we had break went back and did shamanic theory and then we did mandala again in the evening mm -hmm. and then we did sweat lodges on top of that sweat lodges really sweat lodges yeah so it's like I, uh, you can't see my gesture but it's about um <laughs> a tent that was maybe halfway up my torso so it was like okay. quite s small and um, it was on the beach it was um a tent that is halfway up but torso, so, so like, it was like three foot high yeah yeah good description no, but, no I'm just saying, <laughs> maybe three, how do you get in the tent was three or four so we had to you had to crawl into the tent there okay. was like a pit in the middle and we had that three times where they would light a fire maybe three hours before the sweat lodge put i don't know how many stones I think it was seven per so they split the sweat lodge into four one per element so the first um so it's like we we're there for like 90 minutes and yeah divided into four so what they would do is bring in a quarter of the stones bring a big bucket of water you'd be in there in complete darkness 45 of us and then they would pour the water over the stones and it would be steam it was hot we would be chanting and then so we did that kind of four times over and they would open the door in between but depending on where you were in the sweat lodge you either got a bit of a draft or you didn't the first time I did it I got no draft and that I felt by the end of it I was getting a bit like get me out of here um it's like an incredibly intense sauna in the dark oh, yeah exactly that's a great thing. <laughs> yeah exactly um and on sand you're all huddled it was I don't know if you I don't want to be claustrophobic I think I'm, I think I am a little bit actually and it's something I was when I was a kid, didn't realise I stopped, and actually that's one thing they talk about, like these sweat lodges, they often bring up things from that you, from your childhood and stuff, and that was the thing that it brought up for me, I was like, oh my god, I am actually still a bit claustrophobic, yeah. so for the next two, I just sat near the door, so it made sure, made sure I could, got a bit of air when the door opened, but again, actually the funny thing about that, it was, it was a really bonding experience, because we all came out of the first one, and we were like, that was awful, and like just giving each other hugs and yeah, it was something that actually brought us together. So no wonder that geezer left after <laughs> he, he legged it after a day. Yeah. Um, now that sounds intense though, but but then that is what brings people together. It isn't is. It? Those, yeah. Those the, hardships. Those hardships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm paying for this. What the hell? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I could chat to you forever, but yeah. unfortunately you got to go. 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 So um, people, what what? So the Pyrenees is next for you. Would yeah. that be fair to say? Yep. Yeah. In June. Yeah. And uh, if people want to know one more info. Where there they go sarahgroganyoga.com <laughs> <laughs> or I guess Yogi Grogi on Instagram yeah, yeah okay cool and you can look at Sarah's lovely website so um, thanks so thank much thank you so much boom three in the bag for Sarah three podcasts that is with myself um, hopefully a fourth again before the year is out I hope you really enjoyed that as always this podcast is made possible by our support uh, sponsors that support us you know that's om apparel 
these are fellas that uh, and ladies that produce clothing for men that I wear myself and uh, I wear it all the time um, because when you buy stuff of quality it lasts so if you'd like to get some clothing that's going to help you to move on or off the mat that believes in using sustainable recycled fabrics and even recycled paper for their packaging visit om.com forward slash hashtag t-y-l-p and if you put in the promo code kevin you'll get 15 percent off at checkout that's all your garms they've got the spring selection out now and um, have a browse it's tastefully done and uh, let them know i sent you i do get a commission off that Thank you. Um, but who I don't get a commission off is Small Changes. They are still a sponsor, no less. Um, they are a, a small organic whole food store based here in Dublin. And um, I know the owner well. He's a great guy. They are doing really good things for the planet, for the environment, for the community as well. If you go to smallchanges.ae, you can check them out. If you're in, if you live in Dublin, Drumcondra or Glasnevin around the area, uh, or you're visiting Dublin, go and have a look. Tell them Kev sent you just just to say hello and speak to an actual person. Um, yes, so check them out, smallchanges.ae. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And before I forget, if you're around May 25th in the Dublin area, come to my hands down workshop why not uh well not why not more so why and here's why because you'll begin to understand the principles of doing a handstand which can be quite fun it's uh half full not half empty but half full and if you go on to kevinball.ie you can find out more information there get in touch with me and i'll help you book your place or answer any questions that you have that's it i'm done be good, look after yourself, keep in touch, share this on social media with your peeps and um, yeah, chat to you soon. Bye.